Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome. To the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Mayo and I am the Lackadaisical LibroCube Realist. The show, episode 517, if I'm reading this correctly, and I believe I am because I understand numbers. It's one in which I discuss, nay, uh, spew forth. Uh, disgustingly? No. Spew forth in a beautiful manner is the hope. All the media I have consumed so that... It does not sit in the dusty attic of my brain and slowly, or not so slowly, as is blatantly obvious from the start of this show, drive me insane. (laughs) I should say on that note that the possibility exists you may not have consumed some of this media yourself, so I warn of that possibility. I think and pray, although I am an atheist, that uh, this will be a short episode is the plan. I got things to do. And I got people to see, and I got people to do, and things to see. Oh boy. Okay, so I'm going to push a button that will get us started officially, like this. Movie monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is McLean Brand Orthotics. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first, although I should suppose, I should suppose, and I do suppose, uh, that I should call this rather a, uh, a, a series, a limited series, I believe is the technical term, which is something I feel like we see more and more of lately, which is sort of an interesting thing. I think it's because... Things now are bingeable. Many, many, and because things are binged more and more often, maybe the creators of visual media have realized that um, making like a long movie, like a like a three-hour movie or a four-hour movie or whatever, probably not good in uh, in terms of people going to not sit down and watch the whole thing. However, if you take that three-hour movie, that four-hour movie, whatever, and break it up into two, three parts, um, it, 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 it's almost as, it, it, <laughs> as if it gives people permission to not watch it all at once. Whereas if they don't, maybe there's some guilt... Like uh, uh, The Irishman, uh, I believe, is a good example. It almost felt like an experiment. It's three hours and 30 minutes-ness. And I I think they've decided to maybe have it broken up into parts now? Is that a thing that I read about? I could be wrong. I I could be making that up totally. But what I'm not making up is the fact that Don't Fuck With Cats, colon, Hunting an Internet Killer, was broken up into three separate parts, which is very... Very 
interesting and I think smart. Uh, uh, and, and worked well for a documentary format, definitely. And, and I guess this is not the first time. It's just, it's. Uh, I feel like I'm noticing it more now. Maybe that's it. And, and it does seem to lend itself to these, like, uh, crime ones. Uh, uh, crime ones, what are they called? Like, murder mystery? No, that's not right. Yeah, crime documentaries. Sure, let's call them that. A group of online justice seekers tracked down a guy who posted a video of him killing kittens. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, this was uh, hard to watch, I will say. Uh, uh, not even, like, I've never had a pet when I was a kid. I, we had goldfish. But just the thought of this is sickening. Yeah. Sickening. And that someone can do this sort of thing to, like, a, like a kitten... Oh God, it, it, it just like literally like physically made me feel sick. Uh, they don't show the, what they don't show it happening, thank God, but what they do show is someone watching it, which is uh, like just as bad. And, and, and the girl who's sort of one of the, the, the prime searchers for this guy uh, uh, sits down and watches it as we watch her and she had to turn it off and I, I, I can't believe they it's not that they made her uh, like you could tell the the makers of the movie or like do you want to turn it off do you want to turn it off you can turn it off uh, uh, so Jesus uh, rating wise God how do I rate this like uh, it, it's it's a movie that's not gonna make you feel good but uh, is that the job of a movie is a question hmm that's a very sort of deep thought for this early five o'clock in the morning recording time. Uh, I'll go, geez. I don't want to rate it. Hmm. Yeah, how about that? So I'm not going to. Moving on to Wrongfully Accused from 1998. Goddamn. Uh, I will say you're going to need a palate cleanser after watching uh, uh, that thing. And uh, this will fill the bill. Will, uh, well, as I was going to say, but I was rhyming, so I decided to, oh god. Ryan Harrison is framed for murder. Hmm, sounds pretty serious. And must prove himself innocent by finding a mysterious, one-eyed, one-armed, one-legged man after escaping from a bus accident on the way to jail. If you are unfamiliar with Wrongfully Accused, uh, this falls under the genre of Leslie Nielsen movies. Mm-hmm. Which, this one is not the best one. I, I, I will say that. There are better Leslie Nielsen movies out there. However, I am, I think it's safe to say, a Leslie Nielsen movie completist in that I have seen them all. And they are all, you know, spoofy, ridiculous some of them, uh, uh, the, just sort of as a general rule, his movies, the jokes per minutes, JPMs, are just incredibly high. Like, to the degree where multiple rewatchings to catch things that you missed is not unwise. And, uh, 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 and this is no exception. Although it's not my favorite one, it was still good. And I, I think I could still give it a four because all Leslie Nielsen movies are always good period full stop uh this is a spoof of like uh, uh the fugitive basically and uh i was gonna say movies of that ilk but really what movies are similar to the fugitive i guess wrongfully accused he says uh wrongfully leslie nielsen's character ryan harrison uh says wrongfully accused in the movie a bunch of times and it's always like a little oomph in it which is you know amusing speaking of oomph 
Die Hard from 1988. Yes, from my perspective, I'll just give you a little behind-the-scenes action, as I like to do from time to time. Xmas has just completed. It is December 28th. Uh, so, uh, talk the missus into, somehow, someway, watching Die Hard. Yeah. Uh, and, as predicted, I knew she would. And, and this is one thing that drives me goddamn nuts, is the fact that I don't... Uh, uh, suggest movies to her if I am unsure if she would like them. Because, you know, why take the chance for that? <laughs> uh, like, I only do it when it's movies I know she would like, and I knew she would like this, despite her reticence for, uh, I, I guess just sort of her knowledge of it through the zeitgeist it was such that it didn't sound appealing. But, uh, but I knew, based on movies she liked, that she would like this. If you're unfamiliar with Die Hard, come on. Where have you been under a rock since 1988? An NYPD officer tries to save his wife and several others taken hostage by German terrorists during a Christmas party at the Nakatomi Plaza in Los Angeles. Classic. Um, uh, I would say, of action, if you like action movies, this is one you have to see. If you like movies, I would say this is one you have to see. It's just sort of, in terms of top movies ever made movies that everyone should see i would definitely put die hard on the list it's just a just a great action film from the 80s a, a quintessential 80s action movie period full stop love it five out of five some six out of five moments and it's good stuff Less good stuff is The Killing Fields from 1984. A journalist trapped in Cambodia during tyrant Pol Pot's bloody Year Zero cleansing campaign, which claimed the lives of two million undesirable civilians. Yeah, another tough watch. Um, so this came up on... what was it? I forget what it was. Something the missus and I were watching that mentioned this. Uh, and we both sort of realized that we knew very little of Pol Pot and what he did, uh, which is just, uh, you got to sort of look back at the past atrocities uh, in order to, well, it's not like I'm going to prevent atrocities, but it, it, it's just like a good thing to know what humans are capable of, I guess. So between this and the goddamn cat one, uh, humans are horrible pieces of shit and perhaps should be wiped off the face of the planet is my takeaway from these movies. Uh, again, how do I rate this? Uh, uh, it's not going to make you feel good. What happened to this? Uh, I suppose there's some heartwarming moments. Like, I will give a spoiler, which I did warn at the top of the show. Um, that the guy, uh, uh, one of the, the, the Cambodian journalist who goes through all this hardship, does not die. And is sort of reunited with his friend at the end. And... You know, it maybe teared up a little bit because it was a it was a heartwarming. Two friends in the same profession, uh, torn apart due to this horrible circumstances. Uh, one of them uh, uh, sort of tries to save him, but feels like it's impossible to do so. Like, what's he gonna do? Just go over to Cambodia and search through the country and probably be killed in the process, or stay in? I think he was in New York because he worked for the New York Post. Um, and try to get them out through other channels, which doesn't really work. Uh, the guy ends up saving himself through certain uh, harrowing and friggin' uh, disgusting uh, circumstances. Oh, jeez. The Killing Fields from 1984. Uh, can I rate it? No, I'm not going to. Yeah, look at this. Movies that are hard to watch, I'm not going to rate. I probably will in the future. I'm just saying it now because I'm tired and I don't feel like it.
Today's television talk sponsor is Kim's Convenience. Thank you for that sponsorship in which we were talking. Wait a second. Uh-oh. This might be a little, uh... Oh, God, what's the word? I feel very dumb this morning. It might be a, a, a thing where... Uh, what's, it, what's it called? Where, uh... uh well, today in Television Talk, we're talking Kim's Convenience, Season 1 to 3, and I noticed they're the sponsor, which is probably, you know, uh, one of those conflict of interest. Oh, God. I could not think of the term conflict of interest is what happened there, and now my brain hurts. We're talking Kim's Convenience, 1 to 3, as that is what was available on Netflix here in Canada. However, I do believe Season 4 is currently on the air, and uh, I'm not surprised because the show is freaking awesome. Uh, it's definitely, definitely 5 out of 5. Easy, easy, some 6 out of 5 moments for sure. Uh, funny, heartwarming, Canadian very Canadian, freakishly Canadian, reminiscent of Corner Gas in many ways. Um, and that's a, that's, a, that's a high compliment. Uh, I love this show. Uh, uh, it's about uh, Mr. Kim and family who uh, run a convenience store in Toronto. And this convenience store, it, it, it looks... Like, it's a little bit of a blast from the past. Like, I, I feel like convenience stores look less like this. But when I was growing up, all the convenience stores that I went to as a child looked like this, up to and including one in which uh, was run by an Asian family. And we lived in a small town uh, about an hour north of Toronto, give or take. So there wasn't, it was mostly white people. Uh, so, so uh, and that's sort of, well, I guess this is much more multicultural, this Kim's Convenience, because it's right in downtown Toronto. But, uh, I, like, I, I do have a fond remembrances of going into the convenience store with this uh, uh, nice Asian family, up to and including, and I still have this, and, and, and I thought of this, I think, yesterday when I was writing up my little show notes. Uh, uh, the owner, uh, the, the <laughs> would have been the Mr. Kim of uh, uh, the convenience store from my youth, uh, he, one time I went in there, I, I don't know, probably to buy, you know, your penny candies, although I believe they were like a nickel. Yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm old. Um, and he, uh, gave me a, uh, he was like getting rid of a cigar box because I guess he sold cigars and had an empty box and was going to get rid of it and, uh, saw me come in and just gave it to me. He said, Hey, do you want this? And I said, uh, 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 yeah, okay, sure. And to this day, I still have that cigar box. So, you know, just like a dumb little thing where... Uh, a, a, a nice guy gives a, a, a weird little boy who's buying candy a, a cool cigar box to keep, you know, his baseball cards in. Very sort of Norman Walk, Rockwell-esque. And, uh, and, and and those sort of memories, uh, uh, I think, intertwined with the, the, the sweetness of the show and this uh, uh, Korean family uh, sort of interacting with each other and the world and its customers. And it's just a, just a beautiful thing, a funny thing. And, uh, I, I highly recommend, uh, it's, it's sort of similar to corner gas as well in that, uh, it's like comfort food for the soul. Like it's, it's just like a show you can put on and, and just sort of mellow out to. And, uh, I really, really liked it. And I highly, this, this definitely gets the Liberal Cube's seal of approval, which is not an actual thing I don't think I've ever said before, but Kim's Convenience definitely gets it. Moving on to, I think, this button. 
Today's game, Gavin's sponsor is Joja Cola. Thank you for that sponsorship. Oh, perhaps a cola sold at Kim's Convenience. We don't know. It's possible. Okay, uh, talking is, and, and this has happened from time to time, uh, most notably, I believe, with Terraria, which uh, is kind of interesting because they're similar in visual look, uh, is a return to a game that I played before, which uh, I don't do too often. I'm talking here Stardew Valley. Oh, that thing. I uh, believe I gave it a 5 out of 5 back in the day, and after my replaying, the rating sticks. Yes, uh, I, also I'm playing it on the Switch, which is interesting, and let me tell you why. Uh, I, I, I don't, when I already have it for the PC, I uh, uh, have mentioned a little bit that the missus somewhat recently broke her pelvis. Jesus Christ, how the hell did you break a pelvis? Well, you fall off a horse. Or are rather thrown from a horse. Goddamn horses. Anyways, uh, the reason <laughs> these two things uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, play with one another, interact with one another, and again, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. Relate. Oh my god. Could not think of the word relate. People, what is happening? It's early. I'm tired. Uh, I think I already said those things. I don't know what's going on, but me brain don't work good. Anyways, uh, these things are related because uh, she was like, if you're unfamiliar with a broken pelvis, basically there's nothing you can do but bed rest. You just gotta sort of sit and not move and do nothing, and she's getting a little frustrated with the inability to do anything. So I, uh, I have tried over the years, unsuccessfully, to get her to, you know, play, uh, play a video game here or there. And, and you know, she'll play for 5-10 minutes and then, you know, seemingly have some fun while doing so, but... Uh, never will play of her own volition, volition, and and never sort of seeks it out. So I I, I don't force it on her. I'm a big proponent of the Judge John Hodgman philosophy of that people like what they like. You can't uh, you can't have people uh, uh, throw away the things that they like, and you can't make people like things. People like what they like. So, uh, you know, my, my theory was, in this state, maybe she was primed to uh, try out a video game. And, and this is one that is sort of famous, I believe, for pulling in people of all shapes and sizes. But also women, uh, I, I do believe, very much like this game. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Stardew Valley, you play a character who uh, inherits a farm... And uh, basically, that's it. Uh, you got to work on the farm. You got to grow your crops. Uh, you go into town and sell them. Go into town, interact with the townsfolk. Uh, uh, this is just sort of the bare bones I'm giving here. Uh, you can go into a dungeon and, and, and do some mining and, and fight some bad guys. You, you can ignore that. You can fish. You can uh, just go around and, and, and forage. Uh, again, uh, I'm just giving some bare bones. You can upgrade your equipment. Uh, seasons pass, so you're going to want to grow different things during different seasons. Uh, you're going to clear your farm of debris. Uh, you know, it, it, it's just sort of a, a, a life simulator a little bit. And, and, and it's sort of a, like Kim's Convenience, it's just sort of a mellow palate cleanser, pick up and play as you want. Um, really just sort of chillaxing. It's, it's, it's a very, very relaxing game. So my thought was she would get into it. Um, she played it for five to ten minutes and uh, said, yeah, that was fun, and then put it down and never picked it up again. So uh, uh, although I didn't voice my disappointment, the fact that she doesn't listen to this podcast means I can do so here. Now, 
what this meant for me is that uh, I had a game that no one was playing. And I thought, well, geez, you know what? I haven't played this in a while. Why don't I test it out? And it turns out, man, it pulled me right back in, uh, which is pretty incredible, I feel like, uh, after having played it, uh, you know, years ago. I don't know how long ago it came out, but I had it on the PC. Uh, and yeah, I'm really digging it, really getting into it. it, it it's, it's something, uh, I, I'm only done the first couple of seasons of the first year, but I got a nice little farm. Uh, I, I sort of, uh, learned from some of the mistakes that I did uh, on my first playthrough. Uh, I've done some upgrading and, uh, I'm just having fun. It's just a fun thing to play while, you know, while the TV's on, maybe you're watching some Kim convenience, playing Stardew Valley, and you're just maxing and relaxing and chillaxing, I should say, and not even maximum because you don't want to be too aggressive with it. Just lie back and let it happen. And I... Like it. Five out of five. <laughs> Charlie. Charlie bit me. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is the BDG Mustache Trimmer. Thank you for that sponsorship. Item the first, the Tome Show, colon, Edition Wars Christmas Day. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so this is a D&D podcast, which I believe I have spoken of on this one, as I do of podcast in the Internet Intercourse section. Uh, they did a, a cool thing over the holidays where they sort of broke down and discussed uh, uh, a second edition of Dungeons and Dragons, which I, I'm always sort of fascinated in. And you know what I want and I crave and I wonder if it exists and I tried to look for it, but it didn't, I couldn't find it anywhere. It's like a simple breakdown of the key mechanics of each edition um, in like a chart. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Uh, it, it may be impossible because they're so different. Um, which is sort of interesting. I, I feel like people who have a sort of tentative knowledge of Dungeons and Dragons um, think that it's always been the way it is. But when you look at past editions, uh, uh, you know, one through four, let's just call them, although that's not 100% accurate, um, quite a bit, you, you could see the bones and you could see a lot of the lore, obviously, and the races and classes, uh, a lot, a lot of the bones, as I say, is there, but uh, there are many, many key differences in terms of mechanics, and just an incredible amount of variety that made for quite a bit different games. Just period, full stop. Uh, and it's interesting to see, uh, like, <laughs> here's an interesting, uh, come, <laughs> like with the killing fields. Oh God, like with the killing fields and looking back at the past is a good thing to do. Uh, similarly, it's a good thing to see where we came from in terms of Dungeons and Dragons and how it has developed. Uh, yeah, that's, that's an analogy I just used. Uh, worst episode ever? Question mark? Moving on to Jordan Cole, 179 Days of Christmas. Yeah, uh, so as I uh, gave you the peek behind the scenes, not too far from Christmas. Uh, so so this video popped up. It was from... Farnier Die, Farnier Die. So this, this, this guy, and was it done with a computer voice? I, I have to assume it was, or else whoever 
saying this, hopefully took many breaks and drank lots of water because it was almost just shy. It was eight hours and like 56 minutes long of a, uh, you've heard of the 12 days of Christmas. Well, have you heard of the 179 days of Christmas? So yeah, uh, the person who created this literally did 179 days. It should have done 356. Maybe maybe that'll be next year. Uh, uh, 179 days of Christmas. So when he got to 179, he would do, you know, 179 and, and do all the way back uh, each one. So that's why it took as long as it did. Man, uh, I, 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 it's hard to tell. I, I feel like maybe it was done with a computer voice, I hope. <laughs> Uh, but still, it just in, in terms of internet content, I, I feel like it deserves a mention, so I do. Uh, moving on to Never Not Funny with guest Daniel Koenig. Oh, uh, Walter Koenig's daughter, you say? Yes. And Jimmy Pardo's wife, you say? Also, yes. Uh, so uh, she came on a uh, an episode, oh shoot, what are they called? The Players Club episode? But uh, during the holidays, it's just some, this is internet related, something interesting uh, during the Christmas holidays and probably that most noticeably, uh, podcasts like to take little breaks, but they also know that uh, you're supposed to post something every week, no matter what, deaths, uh, disasters, doesn't matter, you have to post an episode. Um, so uh, quite often they'll post like a, a, a Players Club or a Patreon episode or like a special episode, just, just something to fill that void. <laughs> so uh, this one I, I particularly liked because uh, normally, uh, since I'm not a Players Club member, although I've debated doing so many times, and uh, my plan is once my car is paid off next year, is it next year, I think, uh, I'll, I'll have, you know, an extra $300 a month to play around with. And uh, I think I'll do maybe this and maybe Doughboys and maybe Nerd Poker. Maybe I'll just go crazy with with uh, uh, things like that, that I've always wanted to do with all this extra money I have a month. We'll see, play that by ear, but uh, it was nice to hear them interact with one another because I believe Daniel only does Players Club episodes, so it was fun to see. It was a fun episode and a lot of laughs, as it always is. So, uh, you know, I bring it back here and talk about it because that is what this segment is all about. Last, but not least, in fact, probably most, I don't know, depends on the answer to a question. Did Brian David Gilbert grow a mustache just for a bit? And I believe the answer is yet is yes. <laughs> uh, folks, 27 minutes in, I see now. And I just said the word yet instead of the word yes. So now I'm starting to have trouble with three-letter words, which is troublesome, to say the least. Uh, so Brian David Gilbert over there at Polygon. <laughs> Polygon? What the fuck? Uh, post amazing uh, videos consistently, unraveled, I do believe would how you would uh, uh, call them. How you would call them. What is happening? Um... It's sort of like a series of videos where he unravels things, hence the name. Just like my brain is doing right now. It's being unraveled slowly before your very eyes. Uh, Vertacious. Okay. That's a joke that I don't know if anyone will get, but I do, so that's all that matters. So uh, this is one in where he unraveled Waluigi. If you're unfamiliar with Waluigi, I don't blame you. It's uh, like there's uh, Super Mario... 
or just Mario, I guess. Uh, and then there's Wario, his evil counterpart. There's Luigi. And then uh, the good people over at Nintendo realize, hey, well, we need an evil version of Luigi, of course, because of Wario. So why don't we create Waluigi? And he doesn't have much, apparently, uh, in the way of lore. So uh, uh, Brian David Gilbert uh, co collected all this lore and sort of broke down what makes up Waluigi. And he has, over the past months, it's got to be months, been growing a mustache. And i got to say, pretty goddamn good-looking mustache. Came out thick and, uh, and lustrous and just a beautiful, to behold, Tom Selleck-like mustache. And uh, during the course of the filming of this Waluigi, uh, I will try not to give too much away other than to say that something happens... Mm-hmm. Because I really want you to go watch it. I, I re really want you to go watch all of the Unraveleds that are available. But this one, uh, <laughs> this one was a really good one. Anyways, uh, something happens in which he shaves the mustache. And I feel like, it, it, it definitely, definitely felt like, and, and I feel deep down in my bones, and I want to believe that he grew this mustache over the course of months and and it had to have been months, right? I feel like it was because it was it was so thick. It must have been months um, that he did this <laughs> all for the point of being able to shave it in this video for a bit. Uh, and, and that, to me, is a beautiful thing, just like the mustache was. And that is what the internet is all about. Folks, I don't know what happened in this episode other than my brain broke and uh, it was interesting to behold and I hope you enjoyed experiencing it from your point of view. Uh, it's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Nah, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper